Welcome back, everybody. We are in the Kingdom series. This is the 25th episode. If you're new here, travel back to the beginning, to that first one, and follow me along in this journey. And I am thoroughly convinced that uh, you're not going to be dis- disappointed if you if you make this whole journey. We're going to wrap this up. It's all about the throne of grace. And the main point that I want to bring is that his throne is a throne of grace and he is there for strength and mercy and help in the time of trouble right there's many times in life where it seems like um everything is like shaken inside of our lives i've had to multiple multiple different processes in my life where it seemed like everything was coming unglued and um, that nothing was going well and all of these different things. And, uh, you know, I can remember the death of my father uh, uh, overdosing, the death of my mother uh, right around the same time from cancer and the the mindset in the in the trouble that I was experiencing, you know, causing me to to uh, set down the ministry because I wasn't uh, in a place of where I was able to serve others. I needed help and healing myself. And um, so it seemed like at that point in time where uh, that I lost everything and everything was uh, shaken and, and all these different things. And, and during the crisis of 2008 of the mortgage crisis, I was in construction and everything was just like shaken and and um, that was more of a uh, a financial shake, and that is like losing a house, uh, selling the truck, you know, just uh, a whole stripping of kind of like possession sort of thing, to where everything in my life was was uh, being challenged and and everything was falling apart in that sense. And then, uh, man, like last year, um, you know, business partnerships failing. Uh, getting uh, having to go to surgery for a kidney stone because it was too big to pass this thing was huge man and um, going through that surgery and um, and then uh, spreading my ankle it was literally a bruise on every side and even the top and all the way up my leg like I I I, I, I fell down and I and I you know ate it <laughs> it was uh, it was not good anything so one after another it seems like one challenge and obstacle after another after another after another and and this doesn't happen usually consistency in our life but there seems to be a moment uh, of time where we 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 face a lot of pain and uh, things that we didn't expect you know didn't expect for you know a fifty thousand dollar medical bill and all these different things and so what we have in the kingdom is this is that we have a throne of grace. I said all of that pain <laughs> uh, to bring us uh, to the point of where we understand um, what it is we're talking about, this throne and, and it being a throne of grace. You know, Hebrews 4.16 says this, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. And so when I hear God say that to me, it, 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 it's wonderful. And it's, Tim, my throne is a throne of grace. Come boldly to find mercy and help in the time of need. And that is a, a powerful message. 
and it's a message that uh, that we get inside of the kingdom. And if you haven't heard it yet, uh, um, I'm telling it to you now. And that is we have a great king and he is going to soon reign upon this earth. And the kingdoms of this earth shall become the kingdoms of Christ. And you can come boldly to that throne. He's a great king and we can come to that throne and uh, boldly and find mercy to help in our time of need. Now, the, the different translations uh, spell it out this way. The NIV, let us approach uh, God's throne of grace with confidence. The NLT translation says, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. That is powerful. The NS, uh, NASB, therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. I love that emphasis on drawing near. In the Amplified, I'm just going to read the whole verse because it's really good. Therefore, let us with privilege approach the throne of grace, that is, the throne of God's gracious favor, with confidence and without fear, so that we, we may receive mercy for our failures and find his amazing grace to help in the time of need, an appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. Man. So what the Amplified Version does is it takes the key word and it translates it and gives you the synonym uh, and another uh, uh, word that you can grab a hold of and latch on to. And so this idea of drawing near or approaching, uh, the Amplified uh, puts this with privilege. And what I want you to uh, grab today is that you are inside of the kingdom and you have the privilege uh, that is that you have the right, you have the authority, you have, uh, you have, you've been granted access, if you will, and that is you have the privilege of, of, of being able to approach the throne of grace, right? And that here's the reality of this, though, that you know, just because somebody has something doesn't mean they actually utilize it, right? And that is you can have a lot of things that you, that are in your possession um, that you don't particularly u- utilize and it doesn't uh, produce any sort of benefit for you because you don't take advantage of the opportunity and that is you don't you don't utilize your privilege. So if you've learned anything from these past 25 episodes, it's me encouraging you to step up to who you really are. And that is that you begin to take advantage of the privileges that have been afforded to you and that you are a child, a son of the king, and you are in a royal priesthood and you are, you are a, a citizen inside of the kingdom of God. And God is calling you to step up to the table, right? Utilize the privileges of being inside of his kingdom. You have the keys. I've talked to you about that. If you don't know, go back. Go back to the keys of the kingdom. And each one has been delivered into your hands. And we're like, man, I feel like I'm shut out. I feel like I'm locked out. I feel like I don't have, you know, access to this, that, and the other thing. And God would say contrary. And that is that he has given you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And that is that we have full access and we have the privilege. Now, whether we, whether we utilize that privilege, uh, we got to take personal responsibility for that. So here's this throne. And it's the throne of the king, and that is a, it's identified as a throne of grace. Now, it's uh, very important for me to point out 
that it's not a throne of anything else, right? It says it's the throne of grace. Uh, it's not the throne of wrath, though our God can display wrath. It's one of his attributes. Um, acknowledging that and, and pointing that out, uh, I'm more than willing to do that. Uh, but it's not called the throne of wrath. It's called the throne of grace. And that is that if you approach the throne and you're requesting uh, help, uh, assistance, and all these different things, that in that humble state of dependence, you are not going to find uh, a wrathful God at that throne. You're going to find the throne of grace and mercy. So let's break down these words because... Um, I believe that grace is one of the most uh, misunderstood words and that um, two people can be talking about the same thing and um, that person means something else by the word, right? Uh, one of these concepts is like living under grace or living in grace and that means something to me and it means something to the legalist and it means something to the libertine. And that is uh, a different uh, definition attached to a different meaning. And so inside of the kingdom, uh, we allow God to define his words. He's the one who said it. And so understanding what it is that he meant uh, by this word grace is going to uh, attach to us the, the truth of what is being implied uh, inside of it. Not the definitions that our religion gives us. Not our definitions that uh, some worldview or religious view or whatever it is gives us not even the the opinions that we come up with ourselves. Part of the gospel of the kingdom is accepting the view and the opinion of the king. And that is very assertively saying this is what uh, the king said. And this is what is meant by it. And um, we all often come to, well, what does that mean to you? What's that mean to you? What's that mean to you? And everybody can gather uh, different meanings and stuff like that. And there is a place for that inside of like, well, what is God saying to you through this? What is the personal application? And all of that comes into play. But each and every one describing a different meaning to a word is not the way God intended. He intended for you to see it as he sees it. He didn't ask you to say, well, how do you see that? No, he wants you to accept his view and opinion and then begin to ask ourselves, how is that applicable to your life? And then when we ask other people that, then they go, well, you know, I think it's applicable to my, my, my life this way. I think God would speak to me and, and tell me this about that. He's not asking us to pick apart his view and opinion and to offer a different interpretation. He's asking us to accept his view and opinion. So when I say his throne is the throne of grace, then let's dive into what this word grace means divine influence upon the heart his throne is a throne of grace and that is he is going to have his divine influence upon your heart and the next definition is a state of benefit and gratitude and that is uh, attached to a gift the gift is given and then we enter into a state of benefit the benefit of that gift and we enter into a place of gratitude so when we're talking about um, living in grace, we have to look at the definitions and see what we're actually living in. And lastly, the definition, divine ability that makes one able. 
Now, this word able is attached to ability. And in of ourselves, we might not be able. And that's why it brings us into a state of grace that makes us able. So attaching all of these definitions to here, when I say that I'm in the age of grace or I'm living in the realm of grace or I'm in grace, uh, when I attach it to the proper definition, what I'm saying is that I'm in the realm where God has his divine influence upon my heart. I am in the realm and in the state of receiving that gift and that benefit in my heart is filled with gratitude. Or I'm in the I'm in the state where his divine ability uh, is making me able. Okay. And now all of these, when we're talking about uh, living in a state of grace, that's what the the message of the kingdom is delivering to us. His throne is a throne of grace, and he reigns as king over that grace to do those things inside of your life now some may say uh you know grace is god's ability to overlook your sins and your idolatry and all these different things and the reality is is that the 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 gospel of the kingdom gives us a far different message that is that the you know this this idolatry and the thing that grabs our heart you know paul said that you know god uh god winked at such ignorance in in the past but now he commands every, all men everywhere to repent and that is the message was a hard stance to challenge the allegiances inside of somebody's life and that this uh concept of grace uh, usually pan out to he doesn't have any standards uh, there's no expectations and he's very uh, permissive father and that was nothing that was being implied even though when people say i live under grace they're saying that uh, uh, god overlooks all the all their allegiances and all their idols and all these different things and they're just you know living free in, in that manner that's not the message of the kingdom of grace you know, his throne is a throne of grace and it gets his, his divine influence upon your heart. It is receiving that gift and being in a state of gratitude that you develop a sense of love for him and you begin to be in awe of him. And once you begin to be in awe of him, the uh, concepts of commitment and faithfulness and 100% allegiance is no problem because you, you begin to understand that he is actually worthy of that. Now, once he captures your heart in that manner, then uh, of worthiness of him is established, not the fake worthiness where you say, you know, yes, he's so worthy. Those are all just words. But if you believe in your heart uh, that he is awesome and that you have got a vision and a revelation of Christ in his awesome form. And that he has come to love you and accept you. And he's come to bring you healing and restore your soul and all these different things. And you begin to uh, see how awesome and how epic that is. Then the concept of going all in with him is a no brainer. It's like, yeah, he's 100% worthy of that without question. Okay. So the throne of grace, we find mercy. That is divine compassion. And his mercy is there to what? His mercy is there to help us. That's divine assistance and support. 
And the reality of all this is, is that the grace taps us into his mercy that gives us divine assistance and support. Now, if people say they were under grace and, and, and it's a license to sin, then they're not actually under the definition of grace that the Bible talks about, divine assistance, the divine ability that makes you able. And that's the, that's the grace that, that God wants us to tap into. Now, I would say that uh, there, there is a difference between mercy and grace. Mercy is, is, is strength and forgiveness during the moments and the times that I fail. But grace is the divine ability that gives me, uh, that makes me able, able to be holy, able to be strong, able to be all of these things when I trust in him and I tap into his power and his resources and I'm trusting in him. That is the, the power of grace. So let me, uh, let me give you the revelation of this word help. Okay. It's called, it's a, a interesting term. It's only used a couple times in the Bible, but it's from uh, frapping of a vessel. And that is that most boats were made by this tongue and groove type boat. Right. And that uh, pitch is used to kind of seal, uh, seal between um, the tongue and groove. And that is what causes it to stay together. And it causes it to, um, to be sealed at the same time. And, and that is that if, if you were at sea and the boat was in danger of sinking, what the, what the crew would do would they would put these ropes and these chains around this and they would kind of like cinch it together and, and, and tie it up. And what it would be, it would be support for the boat. And what would happen was they'd be uh, more apt to uh, be able to withstand the weather. And that is it's going to hold in together. And that's the word, frapping a vessel when he said you can come to the throne of grace and, and find mercy to help. He's saying you can you can find that that frapping of the vessel. And here's the reality of it, that inside of life, we go through storms, the storms that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, we go through hard times and struggles. And it seems like it's one thing after another. And what it is, is that. You know, we have access to the throne of grace that will frap our vessel. And that is he is the glue that holds everything together. And then that is that, uh, you know, our, our places where where we're getting stress cracks, right? Stressful moments where it feels like we're we're falling apart and things aren't going right. And I'm coming unglued. <laughs> That's a good analogy. I'm coming unglued. And things are falling apart. His throne and his strength and his grace is what is going to hold it all together. And this is to say that he is going to give us additional support. And he is there for strength and for encouragement and for all of these things to, to find the, the mercy that we need during that time. And I can guarantee you those times will come. And he is there to 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 frap our our vessel and to bring us into cinches tight and to hold us together. And that is a awesome reality of what is being presented by the throne of grace. John 1 14 says this. That the word it became flesh and it dwelt among us and we beheld his glory 
and that glory was the only begotten of the Father. And what was he full of? Full of hate, falsehood? No. Full of grace and full of truth. Now, not only is this like an aspect or an attribute, this is the embodiment. And that it, Jesus is the embodiment of grace and truth. And so when you come to the throne of grace, grace sits upon that throne. And that is the divine power that makes you able is sitting on that throne. Be like, man, I'm not able to get this. Well, if you're living by grace, you're living by his divine enablement. And that is, I could do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Now, this is uh, uh, the, uh, the terminology that I want you to grasp. Now, why would he say that I could do all things through Christ and strengthen me? Because he knew that whether he was in difficult times, that when things were not going well, and Paul suffered so many of those things, that he could face those hardships, those lack, the painful moments, all these different things. He can face those and uh, do all things. That means he can maintain joy and maintain course and hold on to faith and that he can allow God to uh, strap him and hold him together. And then in good times, things are going well. This is what he's talking about. I know how to be a base and I know how to be a bound. I know how to live in lack and I know how to live in abundance. And the reality is, is that we have uh, hard times with both. That is during hard moments, we begin to doubt and lose faith and all of these different things. And we begin to uh, need, uh, uh, we're falling apart and we need to be hold together. And then on the flip side, when things are going uh, completely well, we have the tendency to think that we don't need God and all these different things. And the reality is, is that we need to learn uh, in whatever condition that we're in uh, to maintain our hope and our trust and our faith uh, inside of God. So live by grace. That is by and through his power. Now, many use the term under grace as an excuse to live whatever kind of life they want. But under grace is his divine influence. And that is the power that makes us able. James uh, 4, 6 says this, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And that is to say, if his throne is a throne of grace and we are we are approaching his throne and we're looking for support and we're looking for power and we're looking for his influence upon our heart that's what we're going to find and it's going to be there present and available to us and if that's not enough james says he'll give more grace he'll give more power and more strength it's not like there's a supply problem uh, that is to say, it's not like God has uh, uh, only this amount of grace to give you. And once you utilize that, then you're out and you're over and you're done with. No, there's more grace. And that is there's more power. There's more enablement for you. Hebrews 13, 9 says this. Don't be carried away with various strange teachings. For it's good that the heart be established with grace. And so this establishment is the idea of being strong. It has the idea of a foundation, steadfast, unmovable, all of these different things. 
and it's the grace, God's operation, his influence upon our heart that makes us stable. So when people say if they're living by grace, then I'm thinking, are you living by the abundant supply of God's ability? Are you living uh, a life that your heart is established? If their heart is carried away with all of these different things and to and fro, or if one minute they're uh, on top of the world, the next minute they're falling apart in their relationship with God is based upon all of these different things, then that's not the establishment of grace. Living in grace is establishing that your heart is established and steadfast. Titus 2.11 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, and it teaches us to deny <coughs> ungodly and worldly lust." And to live soberly and righteously in this present world. Here, grace is attached to denying ungodly and worldly lust. What do we need his power and his influence to do? To stay strong. To hold it together. And not only that, but to say no to ungodly and worldly lust. And so inside of this moment of temptation, let me show you how this plays out so you can understand it. Uh, during moments of temptation, there is a way of escape. There's always a way of escape, right? Because we are made in his image and we are sovereign in the sense that we uh, control our choices and we get to choose. That is to say that we can approach the throne of grace and find the the power available to us to help us deny what is what does it mean to deny something it means to uh refuse to associate with you know like when you deny somebody you deny christ you were you refuse to associate them that has its play but in the core of this in the context is to say no and that is that i'm empowered by him to deny and say no to what ungodly and worldly lust so people say man you know i'm living by grace i'm living through grace i'm under grace and that is some strange context of none of your character and conduct matters where inside of the gospel of the kingdom god is saying that this grace this grace that i'm going to give you is going to give you the ability to say no now here's uh something that that happens inside of this that we can utilize grace or not utilize grace and usually what happens inside somebody is maybe their desire is so strong uh, for the temptation that they're going to do it anyways right <laughs> and the reality is is that uh, in that moment and at that time uh, they don't want to say no and that is the lifeline is there like it's thrown out the way of escape is come to the throne uh and uh, get serious with God and get his strength and his help to say no. And uh, that's not the path that that person wants to take. So they give in. You see, every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and is, and is enticed. Right. And that is when when lust and enticement happens, it gives birth to sin. And so it all happens with inside of our own desires. And are we going to. Uh, do those things apart from God? Are we going to exercise this outside of his principles? And if we really want to live by grace, God is saying, my grace, 
is going to give you the power to deny and say no. So if you're living by grace, you're living by that power. Not the power of permissiveness, not the power of giving in. Here's the reality. If we're, you know, if we're constantly giving in, we're going to have a faith that doesn't work. That's what it means. You know, faith and works. Uh, if we're, we're giving in, we have a faith that doesn't work. And that is that it is not applying the principles. You know, God says that his grace is there and it's, it, it, it's readily available and it gives you the power to say no. And you say, <clears throat> I'm not going to pick up that tool. And I'm not going to utilize that grace. And so as, if this is our mode in my modality that we continue to operate in this fashion, then we're going to have a, a life that doesn't work also. And we're going to be frustrated. We're going to be discouraged. We're going to say, man, God's ways don't work. And the reality is, is that we're not yielding to his ways. You know, we might give lift ser service to something, but we haven't actually utilized the grace that is available to us to say no. And here's what I know for sure. Because God deals with us as sons, and that is that he brings the correction in our life, we know exactly uh, what it is that God wants us to say no to. And we know exactly what we need to seek his grace and empowerment to overcome. Um, we're just not quite willing to do it, right? <laughs> Paul says this, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, there is a strength and there is a power uh, inside of grace. Second uh, Corinthians twelve nine is sufficiency. He says this: My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I gladly boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. This is what I want you to grab: these three things. Grace is sufficient. My strength is made perfect and the power of Christ resting upon you. Here is the real message of grace, the real message of the kingdom. And that is that his power, his divine influence upon our heart is sufficient. That is that it is exactly what we need. It's sufficient for us. And that is to say that his strength is available to us inside of our weakness. You feel like, man, the 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 Christ-like example, his character, uh, his mission, and all these things, these things are just far beyond me. Well, you're in good company then. You're in the realm of those who know that they are weak and they can't carry it out. Therefore, you qualify for his sufficiency. That is to say this, that if you think you're sufficient in yourself and you got things handled and all these different things, that you're not going to seek his, uh, his power or his strength. You got it, right? And uh, so we don't tap into the power of Christ resting upon us. And lastly, this is the most powerful, powerful uh, concept of grace. Romans 5, 17, 4. If by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Much more those, listen to this, those, me, you, who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through 
the one, Jesus Christ. Here's what I want to point out to you. It's the abundance of grace. And that is his supply of influence and strength upon your heart. The divine ability that makes you able. It's the abundance of that. And it's the gift of righteousness that he gives us and making us right with him. And we, 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 we enter into that relationship and into that kingdom by faith and trust and confidence in him. It is through, <coughs> through those things that we reign in life. And that is we are looking to reign without him. And at the end of the verses, it says through. That is through the one Jesus Christ. And that is the a concept of agency. It's a concept of, of channel. The concept of through is like electricity. It's a channel by, uh, by how a power gets from one point to another. And when it's saying that this, uh, this reigning through life or reigning in life is through Christ. Then it's saying that the power and the energy source is him. And that we have access to this grace by faith. And faith is this, is that I am going to believe that I have it. I'm going to believe that it's in my hand. I'm going to believe that I have access to this grace. And that I'm going to uh, allow his power and his strength to begin to influence my heart. And I'm going to live for him and his kingdom. Now that is the message of grace. And that is a powerful, powerful message. And that reality is through him. The embodiment of grace, Jesus Christ, the throne of grace, the all sufficiency of his grace and the, the reigning in life through the power of his grace. Woo. What a way to wrap it up. I hope you enjoyed this. And um, man, I got another series coming for you. Uh, it's going to be so powerful and you're not going to want to miss it. And we'll be diving into that on Monday. Have a good weekend, brothers. Peace. Ooh.